Movies have the power to uplift and inspire. Oftentimes, the right ones, the really good ones, are also a catalyst for change. Sometimes they're an adventure, into space, to the end of the world, or maybe to a different time altogether. Or maybe the best ones just make us laugh till we cry. And maybe cry till we laugh. Whether you're a movie lover or enjoy them once in a blue moon, there's nothing quite like going to the movies. In this long-awaited return to the big screen, we'll be journeying through some of our favorite movies as we discover some biblical truths that we can apply to our everyday lives. Now sit up, lean in, and get ready for At The Movies. Oh yeah, come on, put your hands together. You're excited to be in church today, right? I'm excited you're here at City First and want to welcome everybody a part of the City First Church family. we got people from City First Anywhere, people join us online, Cape Coral, Dixon and Hardy, God Behind Bars, and everyone else around the nation or even around the world that is watching. I'm just so excited that you're here. And we're in this At The Movies series. And if you are new with us, if you're a guest this week, um, welcome, a, a heartfelt welcome. Uh, we say this all the time at City First that, that really everyone is welcome here. Nobody's perfect. And we're just glad that you're here, but we serve a perfect God who changes us over time. And uh, we're just happy that you are here a part of the At The Movies series. And if you're at a physical location, like this one right here at Spring Creek in Rockford, um, you know, the, the foyer has all kinds of pictures out there and movie sets, and there's like Disney princesses walking around and superheroes and stuff. If you or your kids or your friends want to all take pictures, please go do that. Have a lot of fun. Make a memory. And please tag it at City first so that we can see the pictures too, because we would love to repost them. And you say, well, some of you are like brand new here, and you're like going, I've never heard of a church ever talking about movies before. Uh, well, this is the reason why we do it is because movies are not really the topic. It's just the beginning of the conversation. When Jesus in the New Testament would teach about life's truths, what he did is he used stories, and we call them parables. Well, this is a modern-day parable. Movies are many times modern-day parables, and what we're going to do is we're going to take and pull some life's truths out of them over this month, and, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And last weekend was our kickoff. And I talked about as an individual growing up in the 80s, which, by the way, was the best decade, let me just say, you know, in my humble but accurate opinion. Anyway, I just want to say that, um, you know, there were two ways that we got to see movies. We went to theaters and we went to Blockbuster. I talked about that, right? Well, this week I thought about it. I thought there was actually a third way, and I forgot about this, but we would go to a drive-in theater. Has anybody ever been to a drive-in theater before? Like a real one, right? A real drive-in theater. Well, in Rockford, they had one called the Belford, all right? Anybody from Rockford remember the Belford before? Yeah, the Belford. And so in high school, um, I worked at a grocery store. Actually, it is located directly across the street from where I'm preaching right now. It's called Highlander, and I worked there as a bag boy. I didn't make a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of money, so my friends and on Friday night, if we'd want to go to the drive-in theater, we'd go to the drive-in, they would charge you per person, so we'd always put a driver in the car, obviously, a passenger in the car, and the rest of us would pile in the trunk and hide in the trunk. And now, this was BC, all right, this was before Christ. I would call that stealing now. Back then, I called it ingenuity. But uh, anyway, uh, so here was the problem, though. I was super claustrophobic. So, like, there'd be two or three of us in the trunk of a car, and this was back in the day when they didn't have the little safety latch on the inside to get you out of the 
the car, you know? And, uh, and so I get super claustrophobic. Sometimes our friends thought it was a joke, the ones that were in the like, car, and they'd leave us in there a little bit, you know, once they parked, and I didn't think that was very cool. So anyway, I many times would pay more money so I didn't have to get in the trunk. So actually, I think, came out like in the hole. Uh, everybody else paid less money. But today, the movie that I want to talk about actually could have been in the original drive-in kind of theater because um, it is a movie that, that it's that old. It was actually made in 1995. It is Apollo 13. How many of you have ever seen Apollo 13 before? Yeah? So a few of you. Now, it's a great movie. The special effects are nothing like last week's movie, The Black Panther, all right? But, but you know what? It's a really great movie based on true events. And in the 19, um, you know, in, in basically uh, real life event in 1970, Apollo 13 launched and it had a, a pretty interesting journey, let's say, as America was fixated on space exploration. And what I love about this movie and what I'm focus on today is that the characters in the movie had very different perspectives about the emergency or the crisis at hand. If you watch the movie, you see that various characters, it's based off of real life characters, had different perspectives. Today, we're going to talk about having a different perspective. And I want to just say, never underestimate the power of the right perspective, the right perspective. Before we begin, I want to ask this question to all of us. If somebody were to ask this question of you, like for, they'd say, I want to ask a question of Jeremy. Are you a glass half empty kind of person or are you a glass half full kind of person? What would your spouse say about you? What would your kids say about you? What would your parents say about you? What would your coworkers or fellow students say about you? Like if they were asking, you know, uh, that question, somebody's asked a question about you. Are you a glass half empty or a glass half full type of person? Well, here's the good news. The good news is you can train yourself to be either. You can train yourself to be either. Yes, you have a certain personality type. I realize that's kind of hardwired into you. And whether it's nurture or nature, that's a whole different sermon we're not going to get into today. But you can decide if you are going to have faith or you are going to have fear. A faith perspective or a fear perspective. Actually, that is your choice. It's not anybody else's choice. We decide if we live at the level of our problems or we live at the level of God's promises. Okay, we decide that, all right? And no matter what we're facing in life right now, I want to talk about the challenges you're facing right now. Some of you might have big challenges. Some you might have small challenges. Some of you might not have any challenges right now. But in life, we will face challenges at some point or another. And this is really our choice. Will we focus on our problem or will we focus on lifting our perspective? Because when you're in the middle of a problem, you many times forget to not focus on the problem and to lift your perspective. And today is gonna to be, hopefully, if, uh, if, if God anoints this, I believe it's gonna be kind of one of those moments that you walk out of here and God's gonna give you a new perspective. Because we can be so fixated on the problem that we often disregard how we're actually seeing the problem. Because more important than the problem is how you see the problem. Okay, and I know that some of you are, are you're thinking about that for a moment, but really, more important than even the problem is how you see the problem. And here's the reason why. In 2 Corinthians, very famous verse, some of you have heard it before, it says that we as Christ followers live by faith and not by, what's that word? Sight. So we 
see our problems differently. That's why I say it's more important than the problem is how you see it. Because if you see it through eyes of faith, you're going to have a very different result than if you see it with eyes, just the, your human eyes, and high, eyes many times are full of fear. So it, it, it's interesting, it's an amazingly concise um, verse, but it's really hard to live out, and today we want to talk about how to do that. Now, it is in the movie, but even beyond the movie, in American history in the 1960s, President JFK, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, uh, at the beginning of the 60s, made a bold declaration that we were going to land a man on the moon by the end of the decade, all right? Now, if you study history, America was nowhere near capable or had the technology of being able to do this when he stated that. In fact, the Russians were um, way far ahead of us, and there was this thing called the space race, where people were trying to race into space, you could say, between us and Russia, and it was a big, honestly, it was a big competition between, you know, a democracy and communism is really what it came down to. A lot of pride went into this, and so at the end of the day, um, JFK made this bold declaration, and immediately engineers and scientists and NASA all began to cooperate together to try to figure out how to safely land a man on the moon. That vision became a reality in 1969. And I want you to watch this. Okay, we can verify the position uh, the uh, opening I ought to have on the camera. What? Jim, you think it's too late for him to board? No, no, he, he, he's still has time to get out of there. just need somebody to wave him off. Wave him off, Neil! Okay, Neil, we can see you coming down the ladder now. Okay. Boy, look at those pictures. Wow. I'm uh, at the foot of the ladder. The lamb footbeds are only uh, depressed in the surface about uh, one or two inches. It's almost like a powder. Armstrong is on the move. Yeah, Neil Armstrong. 38-year-old American standing on the surface of the moon. On this July 20th, 1969. It's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Christopher Columbus and Charles Lindbergh and Neil Armstrong. <laughs> Neil Armstrong. <laughs> From now on, we live in a world where man has walked on the moon. It's not a miracle. We just decided to go. How many of you were alive? I'm just curious when that happened. How many of you were? Yeah. So there are many hands in the room, you know? And, and this was like a worldwide event, literally. Like, like the entire world, not just America, the entire world was focused on this moment. And in the movie there, you see, uh, you know, Tom Hanks, who plays Jim Lovell, he basically says that, yes, that, that there has been now this moment from now on we live in a world where man has walked on the moon. But I think it's interesting. He goes on to say, it's not a miracle. We just decided to go. We just decided to go. Many times in life, we wish that a miracle would just happen to take the challenges away or for our dreams to become real. 
We just wish the miracle would happen, right? And, and you know, here's the thing. Most of the time in life, at least what I've discovered in the short time that I've been alive even, and I've discovered that many times challenges don't go away or the dreams that God puts in our hearts don't just come to fruition because we want them to, but rather we must pray and we must go. There's a verse in the Bible that says, faith without works is dead. So yes, it is prayer faith, but it also is going. It means working. It means doing something, whether it be in your business, your marriage, your education, your family, your health. Many times in life, it's not a miracle. You just decide to go. You just decide to do it. I love that thought. I love that thought, you know? And, and when you do, most the time, when you decide to go and take that leap of faith, you're gonna actually now finish your education, you're going to, you know, start that business, you're going to do something that you, it's hard for you. Many times when you take that first step of faith, you encounter challenges and opposition. And here's the reason why. You see, faith gives you liftoff. But then you must navigate the unexpected. And there's a lot of unexpected in life. And in the real life story of Apollo 13, the launch was flawless. The rocket left the pad, and guess what? Got into outer space, and they were going and cruising, and everything was fine. But then they encountered an unexpected challenge that changed the entire mission. Watch this. Could uh, give your oxygen tanks a stir. Roger that. Stirred the tanks. Whoa. Hey, 
this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. We have a main bus B undervolt. Houston, we have a main bus A undervolt now, too. Uh, it's reading 25 and a half. Main bus B is reading zip right now. Uh, we got a wicked shimmy up here. I see these guys are talking about bangs and shimmies up there. It doesn't sound like instrumentation to me. You are breaking up, 13. You got this hatch for seal. Just, just stow it. We've been hit by a meteor. We'd be dead by now. We're going to try to get us out of this lurch. we need confirmation. What's this? You have down? Okay, Jim. SMRCS, Helium 1. Uh, A and Charlie. C are Houston, I'm switching over quad C to main A. Okay, Houston. Fuel cell 1. Fuel cell 3. We got a main bus B undervolt. Cryo pressure. Suit compressor. What don't we have? AC bus 1. AC bus 2. Command module computer. And O2 flow high. Well, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe this is a caution and warning. Failure. Houston? We are venting something out into space. I can see it outside of window one right now. Definitely uh, a gas of some sort. It's got to be the oxygen. isn't that how it is in life many times? You have this great vision. You're excited about the new venture, whatever that is. And then all of a sudden, after launch, you know, everything's going great. And then Houston, we have a problem. Something comes up. And this is the very place in that moment when you are going towards a goal or you're trying to accomplish something and problems arise, I want to speak to that moment in the process today. And I want us to see our problems with a new perspective. Because 10 out of 10 times, once you have launched in life towards a goal, there will be problems. It's not if, it's when there will be there will be a moment you're like Houston we've got a problem here and at this stage is when we are tempted to fixate and to become discouraged about the problem we fixate on the issue we 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 start thinking about all the things could go wrong and we start getting freaked out and scared and discouraged and depressed and today I want us to elevate our perspective I want to get a new perspective so that you can have a new way of living that moment forward and not just live in your problems. And the first thing is this, a new perspective is you need to know that I have who I need. This is your perspective shift. I have who I need, who I need. Now, it sounds super elementary. In fact, today, as you've come to church at whatever location you're at, you're thinking, well, Jared, this is kind of an elementary point. We know God is with us. Yeah, it may sound elementary, but I want you to really think about this. The God of the universe, the one that created everything you see in this world that is good, <laughs> that he created heaven and earth, the stars, the universe. He created everything. That God knows your name. The Bible says know how many hairs are on your head, or for some of us, lack thereof, right? Knows 
your, your DNA wove you together in your mother's womb, the Bible said. And so therefore, this God that is huge and incredible is also very personal and close with you and knows you. And guess what? You are on his side and he is on your side. I want you to think about that. Whatever problem you're encountering right now, whether it be in your marriage, your health, your finances, your career, your education, your friendship, your family, whatever it is that you're encountering, Houston, we've got a problem. Whatever the problem is, the God that created the universe is your best friend. I mean, really think about that. Think of the weight of it. Don't just make it a bumper sticker kind of statement. But think about the fact that Jesus really does love you and that God really is with you. In fact, it says in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, it says, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. Who's them? Well, in this context, it's the enemy. Don't panic before the enemy. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. I love how that is, that's written personally. Personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail nor abandon you. The, um, the absence of a solution that you see right now does not denote that there's an absence of a savior. You gotta understand that God, he's with you even if you're not seeing the provision right away. Even if you're not seeing the answer right away and all you're seeing is the problem, you need to remember that God is with you. And if he's with you, it's all going to be okay. And I know it sounds almost a little Pollyanna, but it isn't. If the God of the universe is with you, it's going to be okay. He is the ultimate Houston mission control. Like in the movie and in real life, the astronauts are relying on Houston mission control to give them instruction. And guess what? In the same way as we are launching through what we call life and we encounter some bumps, God is the ultimate mission control. He leads us. He guides us every day. Remember, we're followers of Jesus, which means that he will continually lead us. So don't, don't forget whose team you're on. Don't forget who's on your team. The second perspective shift you could say is this, is a new perspective is, I have what I need. So not only do I have who I need, but now I have what I need. See, here's the problem. Whenever we encounter any sort of challenge in life, we start thinking with a lack or a less than mentality. That's what immediately we do. We come against problems. We come against challenges. And, and like, you know, Paul Doherty said in First Wednesday just a week and a half ago, he says, you know, that many times just like the children of Israel in the, the desert when they are, you know, before they, they head into the desert, when they're going into the promised land, the spies, they saw themselves as grasshoppers in the eyes of the giants. They saw themselves as grasshoppers in the eyes of the giants. And so here's the thing, it's like we gotta remember that sometimes we, we encounter problems and we start thinking of all the things we don't have. Like I, if I only had blank, you fill in the blank, then everything would be okay. If I only had money, if I only had a better spouse that really loved me and, and respected me, if I only had a nicer car, if I only had a better you know, place to live or more smarts or, or, or more talent or more communication skills or whatever it is, then life would be better and easier. So we start thinking that we are less than. 
However, you need to realize that you have what it takes right now to at least take one more step towards the goal. You have, you have the ability to take one more step in faith with what you have right now. You have all the tools in the tool belt you need. Now I realize some of you are like going, well, no, I don't. I need more money. <laughs> or I need more connections. Or I need more sales and, for my business. Or I need, well, listen, you have right now, right now, what you need to take at least one more step. Maybe you don't have what you need to get to the final goal, but guess what? God is a God that leads us one step at a time. He doesn't hyperdrive us all the way to the end. One step at a time. Little by little, the snail made it on Noah's ark. Little by little. In the same way, you're just little by little. You have what it takes to get one more step and a step after that. Stop focusing on what you don't have and start seeing with your eyes what you do already have because God's given you what you need. You need to trust the God who created you, that he is going to be the God that provides for you in this moment. Um, Peter, the apostle Peter, wrote um, some letters in the New Testament. We now call them First and Second Peter. Says this in Second Peter, for his divine power, Peter wrote, has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness. You have everything you need. Through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. In other words, you have all that you need right now for the challenge at hand, for the next battle, for the next step. And I know some of you are silently disagreeing with me right now. <laughs> I, I know it. I know it. Because you know what? If I'm in your shoes and maybe encountering what you're encountering, um, you're thinking, yeah, Jared, that sounds really uh, nice but it doesn't seem very practical for where I'm at right now. This is where we need to have a new perspective. Because, because you see, you, always the challenge is going to be bigger. The Goliath is going to seem larger. Always whatever the mountain in front of you is going to seem insurmountable, like you can't get over it. And here's the thing. You need to change your perspective because changing your perspective will change the trajectory of your life. It's really true. And yeah, you don't have what you want, but you have what you need to take one more step. You don't have what you want, but you have what you need. The solution is there. You just don't all the way see it yet. Tommy Barnett, who's now in his 80s, ran a, a, a great church in Phoenix, Arizona for decades. It was, I mean, an internationally known church. And, um, you know, he's kind of, in a sense, a mentor of mine, you know, and, and, uh, and I'll tell you, he wrote this book in the 90s called The Miracle is in the House. And his whole idea is this, is the miracle you need is already in your world. You just need to identify it. He talked about that the solution for the next step of problems, you already have it. God has already equipped you. God has already prepared you, and you just gotta, you gotta see it, and you gotta believe it, and you gotta have faith eyes, not just see by human eyes alone. Third perspective shift is this. I will use what I have. I will use what I have. So not only do you have who you need, 
you have Jesus. Not only do you have what you need, but now you need to use what you have because God does his part to provide what we need, but we must do our part and utilize and put into action what God has already given to us. See, when we face problems, we too often just give up and give in. We think that we are at a dead end and that there's no way that we're gonna get out, but with God, there is always a way. I love this scene that I'm gonna show you here, Powell 13, when they're trying to fix the problem, the unexpected challenge in space. And in Houston, they're trying to put together a solution and communicate it to the astronauts. Watch this. Okay, people, listen up. People upstairs, handed us this one, and we gotta come through. We gotta find a way to make this fit into the hole for this, using nothing but that. Let's get it organized. Okay, okay, let's build a filter. Maybe get some coffee going, too, someone. Uh, yeah, Jim, uh, could you check your CO2 gauge for us? Uh, yeah, Houston, we were just looking at that. Our CO2 measurement has jumped four notches in the last hour. That can't be right. I went over those numbers three times. CO2 gas is literally poisoning the astronauts with every breath in and out. Heads up, heads up. What's this? That's what they got to make. Well, I hope you got the procedures for me. Right here. That's it? Affirmative, Andy. Uh, Jack's got one right here. Okay, we have a uh, an unusual procedure for you here. We need you to rip the cover off. Once you to rip the cover off the flight plan. With pleasure. All right, now the other materials you're going to need here are uh, a lithium hydroxide canister. Two, two lithium hydroxide canisters. I'm sorry. A uh, roll of gray tape. Duct tape. Duct tape, an LCG bag, two LCG bags, uh, red suit hoses, and got the white plant coat. So how does this flight compare to other emergency situations you've faced? Well, I'd have to say that this is the most serious situation we've ever encountered in a manned space flight. Houston, filters in place. Suits are relief to close. CO2 canister, select secondary. I can hear air moving. Just bring normal fellas. Aquarius, uh, please advise the CO2 status. Ah, uh, yeah, Houston, we're taking a look at those numbers right now. Houston, the CO2 level has dropped to nine, and it is still falling. Yes. Parachute situation, the heat shield, the angle of trajectory in the typhoon, there's just so many variables I'm a little I know what lost. the problems are, Henry. This could be the worst disaster NASA's ever experienced. 
With all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be our finest hour. I love that. I love that. You know, this is the thing. At the end of the day, um, it is what it is. And if, if it's okay, if I could just be your pastor for a moment, even if it's your first time here, you know what, listen, when you come to this church, we don't beat you up, we don't make you feel bad or anything like that. We want to encourage you, we want you to continue to pursue Jesus and for Jesus to continue to change your life, but, but I also want to just be very, very honest. The problems you have are real, and it is what it is. So we got to quit complaining about the problem. We got to find a solution to the problem. In real life, and in, in Apollo 13, they literally were piecing together duct tape and the, the, the cover of the flight plan, and even one of the astronauts' socks, literally, was part of the solution. Like they're taking their sock off. And okay, and sometimes in life, we encounter problems where we got to quit complaining about the problem. We just got to go, it is what it is. And I got to start using what I got to fix it, right? Because God has given you resource, he's given you brilliance, he's given you a mind, he's given you connections, he's given you all of these things as you pray, and he wants you to now start piecing these things together for a solution. David could have just literally went, well, all I got is a slingshot. How am I gonna conquer Goliath? I just have a slingshot. I don't have a sword. I don't have a shield. I don't have armor. In fact, he even tried that and didn't work, right? All Moses had was a rod, like a staff. And yet, that rod God used to part the Red Sea. Does that make sense? Like, like last week I talked about this, but the boy only had two fish and five loaves of bread. And yet, that's what God used. It was like the equivalent of saying, well, God, I got a sock <laughs> this is it. And here's my point. When unexpected challenges arise, take what you already have, leverage it for a solution, and then let God do the rest. Does that make sense? Let God do the rest. You have to approach your challenges the way that they are, not the way that you wish they would be. Because a lot of times we wish they'd be different. But I say this all the time, it is what it is. So what are we gonna do about it? What are we gonna do about it? Because just wishing is not gonna make the problem change, right? And so if God can use slingshots and rods and fish and pieces of bread, then maybe you need to look at what's in your life right now. Maybe like that scene in the movie, you need to take the box of what your resource is. What do you have? And basically dump it on the table, right? Say, okay. Well, this is all I have. I have creativity. Now, some of you are like going, I'm not creative. You at least have some creativity, right? And so you say, okay, I have some creativity. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my creativity. In fact, the Bible says this in Proverbs. It says, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty invention. I love that translation, witty invention. I have prayed, by the way, just so you know, in the last 30 years of being a pastor, I prayed multiple times, God, give me witty invention. I need creativity. I need you to give me, and all of a sudden, he'll show me something that's already in my box that I didn't see it that way and that's something I could do a little bit different. What else? Well, we, we need wisdom, right? I mean, wisdom. 
And some of you are going, well, I don't have a lot of wisdom. Well, you have some wisdom. In fact, the Bible even says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, not stingy God, generous God, and he will give it to you. So now I'll say, you're like, okay, I got wisdom and I got creativity. I can take and put these things together at least right now. Okay, that's what I got right now. And then what else do we need? Well, we need insight, insight. That's like, that's like seeing your situation from a different angle. You ever have to sometimes walk away from a problem, kind of clear your head and go, I'm gonna look at it from a different angle through a different lens. Well, that's kind of like insight, right? It says in 2 Timothy, consider what I say for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. There is your promise, understanding in everything. The Greek word for everything means everything, okay? I don't have to break it down in the Greek. It means everything. God will give you understanding and everything. So now all of a sudden it's like, okay, I got insight. Well, then what about this community? Community, well, these are the people that surround me in life group and growth track at City First, at my City First Anywhere location. You know what? I, I have some people that can surround me. It says in Ecclesiastes, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And so now all of a sudden it's like, okay, I got these things and I can put all this together. You get my point here, right? I can put all this together. Now it doesn't look pretty, but do you want a pretty solution or do you want a solution to your problems? Do you want to wait for a perfect solution or do you want God to use what you have and anoint it and do a miracle with what little you have that looks pretty janky and jerry-rigged and thrown together, but God will anoint it, right? And then there's prayer. Oh, we gotta be able to pray. Can't just do this in our own strength, right? So now I'm gonna put prayer on top of that. And lastly, I'm gonna find some scriptures that, that align with what I desire about the challenges I'm facing. I'm gonna find some, some scriptures. If, it's, if I have a health challenge, I'm gonna find some scriptures on health. If I have a family challenge, I'm gonna find some scriptures on family. And know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put all these things together. And I am going to begin to just put it together because it is what it is. Now listen, this thing, it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look pretty. <laughs> Looks like a slingshot. It looks like a rod. It looks like two fish and five loaves. It doesn't, look, it doesn't look pretty. But how many of you know, this is what God anoints. He anoints our efforts, our new perspective of faith. And even though we're waiting for the perfect solution, oh God, send me a new rocket ship. And God says, take off your sock. You see what I'm getting at here? You see, we start piecing these things together. We start believing for our business and for our marriage and for our school and our finances and our health and our life. So this is what I want you guys to do when you leave here. I want you to say, God, what is already in my world? What do I already have in my box to be able to start piecing it together with your power and your anointing to overcome the problems that are in my life that I could just take one more step.
Just one more step. Is your marriage gonna all of a sudden just become better overnight? No. Is all of a sudden your finances gonna become better overnight? No. None of these things are probably just gonna overnight, but little, little by little, the snail made it to Noah's Ark, right? Little by little, God will give you what you need to take that next step. In fact, it's already in you. You already have it in your sphere of influence and in your world. So let me pray with you and just ask God to just give you a new perspective. As you walk out these doors, you have a new perspective on life, all right? With every head bowed and every eye closed, before I pray for all of us, I wanna pray for some of us in here that maybe you might be here for the first time and you're like, I have never given my life to Jesus, made him the leader and the forgiver of my life. And so the best new perspective you could start off with is a new perspective for your life. And that is saying, Jesus, I want you to forgive me be the leader of my life. And from there, he begins to give you what I need, what you need. That first point, you have who you need. So if today you would like to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life, you are not joining a church. You're joining the family of God. And if you wanna pray that prayer, just go ahead and raise your hand and put it right back down. Just anybody, yep. I see a few hands, probably at every location, yep. Can we all say this prayer together before I pray for you for a new perspective? Let's say this prayer together and all of us, this is saying, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Jesus, I come to you today with all my challenges, all my problems, all my sin. And I ask you would forgive me and give me a new life. Thank you for dying for me thank you for your unconditional love and thank you that you will never leave me nor abandon me i want to live for you in jesus name in jesus name and heavenly father i also pray right now for every single one of us whether that was the first time we prayed this prayer or that was the hundredth time we've prayed a prayer like that in a service like this god i pray give us a new perspective new eyes not eyes to see problems, not eyes to see challenges only, not eyes that deny that there are challenges, but rather eyes of faith that elevate above the problem and see the promise of God. Lord, I pray that whether it be our school, our health, our family, whether it be our career, our finances, or whatever it is, God, help us to see that problem through your eyes. The God who is the God of the impossible. The God that will anoint the rod, the slingshot, the two fish, and the five pieces of bread. Lord, the God that takes our little and through your supernatural power makes problems and challenges disappear. God, we will be faithful with what we have. God, help us to see through a new perspective from this point forward. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Can we do that?